Warning, this episode contains foul language, descriptions of graphic violence, and some serious spine tingles. listening to keep it weird the podcast for all things strange unusual paranormal supernatural creepy sticky gross scary and everything in between we are so lucky because each week we get to sit down with a friend and talk about something weird except this week i'm all alone in my cold dark apartment because we recorded this episode like three weeks ago when the sun was shining and friendship and laughter filled my home and now i'm sad and alone and still a little damp from the rain that's been happening all day. This is part three of our Hometown Haunts New York episode, and I am joined by my awesome co-host Lauren, and for the final time, this season at least, my good friend and New York native Steve Lakioma. We've investigated the crimes, we've discovered the monsters, now it's time to communicate with some spirits, y'all. This week, I am bringing you New York City's most haunted locations. I knew the Big Apple was haunted because it's so damn old, but I didn't know it was this haunted. We are going to find a haunted well, visit the House of Death, meet Rosemary's baby, and unknowingly walk over thousands of bodies. New York rules. Also, stay tuned to the end of the episode for some of Steve's own personal New York ghost stories. We have two more episodes in this season. One is very long. It's our follow-up investigation to the murder of John Shakespeare in 1975. So go listen to episode 72, Shake It Up, Murder in the Midwest, if you want it fresh in your mind before next week. Keep your eyes on our Instagram and Facebook tomorrow because we'll be popping in to say hi as we are recording our season finale on the decks of the famous Queen Mary. That's right. Our finale, as usual, is a paranormal investigation. And not only are we staying on what is supposedly one of the most haunted places in America, but also Lauren and I are going to be joined by one of your favorite guests. You know him from our cult series, Mr. Tyler Schulke. It's going to be so much fun. And that episode, as long as everything goes according to plan, should air on December 20th. Okay, enough jibber-jabber. The show must go on. It's time for some New York ghosts. Okay. My first New York haunt is actually uh, part haunting, part two crime. So you're going to be really into this. I love it. So back in the 18th century, it was 1799 to be exact. There was a well just north of Collect Pond. And this was New York's source of drinking water for a long time. But at this point, it was just like a smelly old well. No one really drank out of it anymore. And it was in like a marsh sort of. Mm -hmm. It was located in what is today Soho. Yeah. 
Like it used to be a marshland. Yeah, because yeah. Canal Street, there was a canal mm-hmm. that was there. So yeah, yeah. So they it, name was... it well. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so back in December of 1799, a boy was around the marsh area and found an article of women's clothing, which he gave to his dad, and his dad reported to the authorities. And the clothing matched the clothes that belonged to a missing woman named Elma Sands. So the officials went to the area and ended up looking in the old boarded up well and discovered the lifeless body of Elma Sands, which had been submerged in the well water for several days. Yikes. Elma at the time worked and lived at a boarding house and pretty much all of the unusual tenants became suspects, like all the people who weren't regulars Mm. became suspects. Yeah. And um, including a man named Levi Weeks, who was a carpenter, and he was also the brother of extremely successful and prominent builder Ezra Weeks. Um, Like he was before, you know, modern famous builders. Mm -hmm. He was like the biggest contractor in New York City. Okay. Okay. So he was soon accused of the murder and thrown in jail. And this was seriously like that traditional urban legend come true about a woman who's running away with a man for like a secret wedding, but instead she gets murdered like the corpse bride. Like that's kind of exactly what what happened. happened. Yeah, apparently she was pregnant with his son and he promised to marry her, picked her up from work or after work, that wasn't clear. And she ended up with a broken neck at the bottom of this well. And they were able to deduce that her neck was broken before she was thrown into the well. So... All right. Elma's cousin, Catherine, claimed that she had heard the door close around 8 p.m. that night, but didn't witness them leaving. And then Levi showed up at 10 p.m. demanding to know where Elma was. Some witnesses testified that they saw Elma walking with Levi around 8 p.m. Other witnesses testified they had seen her traveling in the area with two men but they didn't know who the men were. Okay. The most interesting thing about this murder was actually the trial. So this was the first murder trial in the United States for which there was a recorded transcript, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Not only that, but because of Levi's brother's wealth, he was able to obtain New York's three most prominent attorneys, Mm. Henry Livingston, Aaron Burr, and Alexander Hamilton represented Levi Weeks. (laughs) 1776. Alexander Killing Hamilton. young women. <laughs> Killing young women. Yeah, we need to rewrite that. Get yeah. Lin-Manuel yeah. on the phone. So even though, <laughs> this is crazy, even though Elma was seen leaving with Weeks by a witness, and another witness claimed to have seen Weeks tip, make, making measurements of the well, oh of the gosh. actual well, Sketchy the Sunday out. before the murder, oh. Weeks was acquitted after only five minutes of jury deliberation because he had... Very good lawyers. Oh, geez. Wow. So Levi Weeks went on to have a very nice life. He was ostracized in New York because pretty much everyone hated him. Everyone believed that he did it. Like yeah. there were no other suspects to this crime. Right. So he moved to Mississippi where he became a well-respected architect, got married, had four children, and died at the ripe old age of 43. Oh, well, back then. I mean, yeah. That was no, like, yeah. You know, he was elderly. 120, yeah. So um, the well. Like I said, it was originally built in the 1700s. In the 1820s, upper middle class homes started to be built in that area, like Uh in the marsh area and on that property. Uh, Officially sealing the well in the basement of one of those buildings and making 129 Spring Street the legal address of the well today. It's still there. 
still there in the basement. I know where that is. Yeah. Do you really? Yeah, I got to look it up on the Gross. map real quick. Uh, I want nothing to do with that <laughs> building. The location has changed several times. It's New York, you know. In the late 1820s, it was a shop that sold remedies for tobacco addiction, which I honestly didn't think was a thing until like no. 1985. Right. Like I thought that it was just like, you smoke, so yeah. does everyone. Right. Enjoy. So does the world. You can't do anything about it. <laughs> then it was a German beer hall. Then it was abandoned for a long time until the early 2000s. Uh, the Manhattan Bistro took over the location. And they needed more storage for their restaurant, so they decided to excavate the cellar, and they found this old-ass well that had been... They they said it was, like, very eerie, very creepy. They were terrified, and that the well was perfectly preserved, like, looked like it hadn't been touched. It wasn't covered in dust. It wasn't covered in cobwebs. It was like it had just, like, been covered up the week before. Oh, man. So they were very scared. It looked like it hadn't aged a day since it was, and this was centuries later. Right. Today, the shop is a COS. Is that how you say it? It's a sister company to H&M. I don't know if it's cause or COS. I don't know. But it's a clothing store. Okay. The well still remains perfect in their basement. And since the murder, uh, men and women, this is interesting, usually young men and women, like 17 to 25, which... I don't know that struck me as something mm. strange have reported seeing ghostly apparitions in the area. A few people have reported hearing a woman screaming in the area of spring and green pleading for her life. And they heard it so clearly that they called the cops, but nothing around was like happening. Mm-hmm. And it was like very echoey and mm-hmm. they thought it was strange. Wow. COS employees blame strange occurrences in the store on the ghost of Elma, like mich- missing merchandise, broken elevators, electrical problems. It's all Elma. They always say it's Elma. Huh. Of course. Um, but they've nev- no one's ever, as far as I can tell, no one's actually ever seen her. Okay. She's just been heard and there's anytime some strange something happenings. strange happened, yeah. there's, yeah. But another twist to this story, apparently the transcript show, again, it's the first trial ever with transcripts right. in the United States. The transcripts show that following the acquittal of Levi, Elma's cousin Catherine Ring cursed the room by saying, I call upon the Almighty to curse you all and he will do it. So like she came in and was like, fuck you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like guns ablaze. <laughs> everyone yeah. knows mm-hmm. this guy fucking did Killed it. My cousin. Mm-hmm. I you will call pay. upon God mm-hmm. to curse you. You could do that back then. Like, yes, yeah, you yeah, could. Yeah. yeah. If you said it loud enough mm-hmm. it, with enough conviction. Mm-hmm. It took. So after that. You know, as we know, four years later, Alexander Hamilton was killed by Aaron Burr in a duel. Yeah. His death basically ended Aaron Burr's political career. Three years later, Aaron Burr was charged with treason and he was tried and acquitted multiple times. But the fallout left him in a large amount of debt and very few influential friends. Like all of his friends were like abandoned him. Bye. He ended up having to move to Europe to even have a life. Because New York was like, we don't want you anymore. It's the curse. Yep. He eventually moved back to New York, but lived the rest of his life as pretty much a nobody. The judge who reigned over the trial, Judge Lansing, had a string of bad luck after that. And 30 years, almost to the day of the trial, he left his hotel in Manhattan to send a letter and disappeared into thin air. What? All Never trace of him vanished. Again. The investigation turned up no leads. And the case was eventually abandoned, and he was never seen or heard from again. Whoa. No one knows what happened to him. What? That's nutty. So, 
So the curse worked. Yeah. It seems like it. Except for wild. fucking Levi Weeks, who was just like, Bye, everybody. So, well, I did that to that Arby's down the street a couple months ago, and that's why it's not there anymore. <laughs> that's why it's not there. Yeah. You went I in, like, like, curse you. Like, you got curse my you. roast beef wrong. And there the you curse go. you. You so. didn't give me Arby's sauce. <laughs> so who would, there was, he had two lawyers, right? Or is it three? Uh, three. He had so Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. I actually don't know. Livingston? Maybe nothing. Maybe see. nothing major happened maybe to everyone. Nothing. But even the, I mean, the yeah. judge and the two yeah. lawyers. I mean, that's is enough, enough right there. <laughs> I also thought maybe since Levi Weeks like went on to like live a pretty happy life, that maybe he didn't do it. That's right. a great. Like maybe his yeah. true innocence protected him from the curse. Mm-hmm. But then who else? Well, could have been it. I mean, hey, it could have been, been a rando. Yeah. Like maybe somebody jumped in there at the last second. Was yeah. like, my bitch, right? <laughs> they just were sick of her. <laughs> just over her. Didn't I just find it. it amazing that the well is still there and preserved. Right? What the fuck? Like I like, that... censored myself a little. But what? That's out of like stir of echoes or something. Right. You know uh, what I mean? Don't get started. Right? <laughs> stir of echoes. No, that's insane. And and like how somebody just didn't like. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna kind of. We're going to build around yeah, this. Yeah, or just do something if they want to preserve it, but they don't want to mess with the juju, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you yeah. want to start messing with bad Honestly. juju. Just don't build an H&M over the top yeah. of it where, mm-hmm. you know, young Dutch kids are going to come in <laughs> getting oversized sweaters. It's right. not a good idea. No. It's not smart of them. No. That's pretty bonkers. It's pretty baller, though. Mm-hmm. That That's how, like, for me, knowing that things like that exist in New York, that there's just Ringu Wells in the middle yeah. of, like, you know, Soho. Yes. And Dope. Samara might crawl out of it. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't know Samara's what happens coming. in this well. Right? So oh, gosh. I, I um, dig it. The well is now on the Travel Channel's 10 Most Haunted Places in America list. Very cool. So. Dope. Well, next time in New York, I'm for sure going yeah. there. I'm going to be there They apparently month, like, so. don't give like any tours or anything. But Still, I, I just want to stand Supposedly, like, I've heard from like several reports online that if you go in, you're like, can I see the well? And they're like not super busy. They'll be like, yeah, come well, on. Well, I will be in Manhattan in a <laughs> yeah. month and I am going yes. to Oh my gosh, please go Street, and, and tell us all about it. it. Well, once Cherry here, it's like, oh, we're going to do that? Okay, good. <laughs> and while we're at H&M, can I get a, like, a nice little sweater? <laughs> Let her buy a sweater dress and boots right? and a, then. A ghost mm-hmm. and like, like a nice belt, right? I feel like especially if you go in, you spend money there and then you're like, yo, can we see the well? See the go well. right when it opens, <laughs> yeah. buy a bunch of stuff and yeah. then ask to see the well because that's the combination of perfection that okay. will allow you to go. All right, yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm serious. Try it out. No, yeah. for sure. Okay. And cool. sing some Hamilton songs while you're walk in and just be. I'm the damn fool that yeah. shot him, and just like that's what I'm gonna do. It. Yeah, Maria knows the whole thing, so perfect. I'm yeah, not cool. surprised by that. I've never seen it. I haven't seen it either. I know every word to every song, but guess what? I finally got tickets to see it in. I forget when it is of next year, but it's at the Amundsen here in LA, and I'm gonna go. I think it's in March. It's very and I'm good. Excited. <laughs> I think I'm seeing it's it so March. late. Yeah. The world is all seen we saw it already. It at the but it, it took me this long to get tickets because they sell out instantly. It's, it's very good. You're I just, I, you know what? I'm one of those people. I don't listen to musicals unless I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah, I've seen it, then the music like connects with mm-hmm. me, and I'm like, yes, I love this. Like I'm into it. If I haven't seen a musical and you just have you me listen care. to music, I'm like, musicals suck. No, and we've talked about this before, and I'm actually <laughs> normally that same way because I, I like to see what it's about and why I should care about these characters. But for whatever reason, because it's hard to avoid mm-hmm. Hamilton music, it was played for me in multiple cars. I just attached to it and couldn't stop listening to it on Spotify. I'm not a musical person, even though I grew up doing musicals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like if I'm going to spend money to see a play, I'd rather see straight theater, see, mm-hmm. you know, 12 Angry Men or something yeah, like right. that. I get that. But we 
uh, friends gifted it to us. Shout out to the Kershaws. And uh, <laughs> we went and saw it. And I, it I lives mean, up to the hype. It was very, say. very, very, very good. I mean, I it changed my wife's life. <laughs> I'm not even joking. She just walks around like, remember, sir. And I'm like, yo, just <laughs> shut Singing up. Every word. With the Hamilton stuff. No, that's how my husband is. It's actually a sad tale. We had tickets to go see it when it was at the Pantages, but my friend, like we had bought tickets so far in advance that in the time we bought the tickets and before the show, my friend got engaged, planned a wedding and chose the night of that the show did. to have her wedding. And if it had just been like, an acquaintance I honestly would have skipped it and gone to see Hamilton because mm-hmm. we were so excited but I was a bridesmaid and I had to go and Alex was straight up like I'm not going to that wedding like bye and so he just invited one of our friends to take my ticket so he holds it over my head that he's seen it like he sings the songs wow. tells me it's the most amazing show he's ever seen like he doesn't hold back at all he's like yep sorry you gotta stop being friends with people and being in weddings <laughs> you are so in, I got to go an, an abnormal amount of weddings I am it's true I should start being rude to people. <laughs> You're like 27 dresses style. I know. Have you been in 27? I haven't. Actually, I did count recently because someone else made that same joke. In April, I will be in my 13th. And then wow. in the fall of next year, I'll be in my 14th. That's a lot, that's a lot of weddings. I'm I'm too nice, I guess. No, you just yeah. got a lot of friends. That's I don't goodness. have enough people close to me. And I have had people be like, "Can you? I would love for you to be a bridesmaid. And I'm like, Mm, no no i'm sorry i'm not it's i'm not buying money. a dress and i'm not flying all the way to illinois ashley did it for I'm me which so is, was sorry. honestly very nice and guess it is what? a lot of money she's fucking divorced now oh so, so you made the right boom, call boom. yeah <laughs> boom, boom i'll be in your next one yeah i'll be in number two <laughs> boom boom i think you made a good call coming to mind and it was in the First motherland all, it was, was amazing in, and it was in illinois where we're both from it so, was anyway. also like yeah. chicago yeah. it was like oh, a trip yeah. it was fun anyways anywho so on to more ghosts more ghosts so um, there is this beautiful, seriously, like beautiful brownstone in New York City at 14 West 10th Street. Okay. That is known as the most haunted building in New York. Awesome. Ooh. It's called the House of Death. Oh, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Which is super inviting. Apropos. It's next to the School for the Dead. <laughs> yes, where that woman <laughs> teached. School yeah. for the Dead. Um, this place is supposedly haunted by 22 ghosts. What? Okay. That's too many. And some of them are even famous. What? So number 14, as it's known, is a Greek revival home built during the late 1850s in Washington Square Park. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where you're talking. Yeah, it's like one of the, arguably one of the most beautiful streets in New York City. Yeah, that's gorgeous. I mean, yeah, those homes. Um, I have a couple in that area, but mm-hmm. you have to. I'll give you the address. Yeah, I'm going to go check there it too. Out. Yeah, it's it. wild. I love it. Oh yeah, they're all around the same place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so mm-hmm. great. Before it became known as the House of Death, Jesus, it was home to many elite New Yorkers, including Alex will like this one, <laughs> Mrs. James Borman Johnston, whose husband had been a founding member of the Metro Underground Railroad oh, and the Broadway gosh. Underground. Railroad. He would geek out about both of those things. Mm. Yeah. And that's not, that has nothing, I just like that. Yeah, that's fun. Fun fact. The bad luck associated with the location seems to have started initially in 1897 with a cyclist, like bicyclist, Mm -hmm. named Fred H. Andrew. He lived at number 14 and soon after he moved in, he was cycling and collided with an eight-year-old boy and broke 
both of his legs, oh. eight-year-old's legs. Oh, no. Oh. And Andrew was arrested for this. Oh, geez. And that was the last that he lived in this house because you can't really afford a brownstone in New York City. Sure. When you're in jail. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. So the house wasn't cursed yet, but that's like the first tragedy that mm, seems that to have taken place. And what year was that? Near this house. Uh, 1897. Okay. Got it. Wow. In 1900, the building became the favorite residence of author Samuel Clemens, a.k.a. Mark Twain. No shit. Mark Twain lived there. That's pretty crazy. For a little bit over a year. Wow. Um, And even though it was only a year that he lived there, his spirit seems to hang around. Sightings of Twain in his white suit have been reported on the first floor and near the staircase. And in the 1930s, after the home had been split into 10 apartments, a mother and daughter claimed to have encountered the author sitting near a window and he spoke to them. He literally oh. like looked at them and said, um, my name is Clemens and I has a problem here. I got to settle oh. and then disappeared. Dang. <laughs> he was just letting them know. Yeah. Like, you haven't seen He's the last like, of me. I have. My shit name to is do. Clemens. Yeah. And I got, I have to settle something. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then he disappeared. So, like, right. I don't know what his. I guess he settled it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he figured it yeah. out. I mean, he's been seen ever since. So oh, it doesn't okay. seem like his unfinished business has been officially taken. Oh, settled. Okay. Yeah. But that's what he said to them. Oh, so wow. Twain himself actually had a ton of experiences there that he couldn't explain. And a lot of people don't know this about Mark Twain, but he was super fascinated with the paranormal and the supernatural. And he was really super level-headed about it. Uh, He was a skeptic, and he actually made quite a career out of debunking fakers. And most people believe that Mark Twain thought it was all bullshit, and that's why he went about exposing frauds. But he did. He believed in telepathy, uh, ghosts, prophetic dreams, and so Mm. on and so forth. And he became one of the most famous members of the Society for Psychical Research, which is still around today. Cool. He really got into it, um, sadly, after the deaths of his daughters. Both of his daughters died. And his wife became kind of obsessed with spiritualism. So living in a notoriously haunted house probably would have been a real treat for them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just knowing that, like, this isn't the end of the road. Right. There's something. There's something else. We don't know what it is, but there's something. Our daughters are not just gone. Vapor. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, the entire year that he lived there, he had horrible luck. He battled financial troubles and depression. And uh, he, one of the ghost stories that he had reported there, he wrote this in a journal of his. One night, he watched a piece of kindling move by itself. And he thought it was a rat. So, he shot at the piece of wood because the early 1900s were wild. Yeah. I can't imagine like seeing something move in my apartment and be like... Boom. What is that? <laughs> like that's your first instinct. Yeah. You get it. He just shot at it. Um, but when he like promptly went to the kindling to like check it out, see if he shot a rat, um, it had dropped to the floor and there were a few drops of blood around it, but there were no signs of a rat. There was no blood trail leading anywhere. And eventually, after further inspection, there were no signs of any rats in the building at all. Oh. So strange, but not necessarily a ghost. The blood but is it's strange. It's just something that like he thought was notable and like yeah marked in his journal. Right. Hmm. In 1957, an actress, writer, and psychic Jan Bryant Bartell and her daughter moved into the apartment on the house's top floor, which is also once uh, the servants' quarters mm-hmm. back in the day. According to her, a monstrous moving shadow 
followed her around the house like constantly. Yo, fuck that. Yeah. yeah. She would constantly see it like out of the corner of her eye or one time she saw it like straight on mm-hmm. and Not just like it. followed nope. her. She also once reported, this is nuts. She reported seeing a figure of a man in the hallway and she reached out and touched it. What? And according to her, this is how she described the experience. She felt that the figure was, quote, a substance without substance. It was chilly and damp, like a marsh mist or a cloud of ether. I could feel my fingers freeze at the tips and they were numb and they tingled. Which just like as an aside reminds me of how Casper describes how yeah. it feels to be dead. Right. I don't he know does if you remember that. Very similar. He says, "Do you remember?" He said, "Um, uh, do you know that feeling when your foot falls asleep?" Yeah, that's what it feels like to be dead, like to be a ghost, to be like, Devon Sawa. Yeah, that's what it feels yeah. like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To be that yeah. handsome yeah. man, general blue-eyed baby boy. You didn't think he was cute. You know what I did? Thought he was so cute. Every girl thought he was cute. Yeah, I don't Especially know. Especially in Casper, how he looked as he grew up, but in Casper, he was he's still adorable. he's still good-looking guy. Is he? Yeah, right. his nose got real wide. <laughs> so his life. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what? But we love you, Devin. We love you, Devin. Yeah. We love you. And your nose. And your nose. Yeah. We accept mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> don't change it. Like, don't get plastic surgery. I don't want to shame you into like. Yeah, a... no, no, his, his nose is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen better noses. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So wait, okay. I'm sorry because I have a question about this. But th- that sounds like like a demon or something to me. If if she could. If it was a tangible thing, and you know, and touch it, you know? Well, you know, because a lot of times when people, you know, you get that cold chill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the idea, and like ectoplasm is a oh, thing. Oh, okay, all right. So yeah, it does seem all like right. they are made of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little bit of substance. Whether like, you know, it's something that we know about, if it's electricity or I don't know. Just like energy, just It definitely pure... seems, yeah, like they- Okay. I just, I just, made the first thing I imagined. Yeah. For me, yeah. the dark cloud following her around that's seems a demon. like that's that a is demonic. Like too much. That's yeah. Fucking <laughs> too much. I don't yeah. want any of that. No, nope, nope. um, not playing them this I week. I like that. Mm-mm. So she went on to say um, in the split second between contact with this thing and like pulling her hands back, a scent came. But not like spoiled meat or rotten garbage or anything mm. like we've smelled here before, which was wild. Uh, but like sweet, like unbearably sweet. Mm. So that's interesting. What? But that was only one of the strange scents that the Bartell family reported smelling at the house. They smelled what they described as pungent odors fairly regularly, like so much so that they like called the landlord or whoever like, please do something to check it out they thought some like animals had died in their walls yeah. but they never found anything they just like got whiffs of like just bad Oy smelling vey. stuff no another weird thing that happened was rotten food would spontaneously appear at the dinner table mm-hmm. and also like if they had like fruits or vegetables out like in a basket sometimes they would like put it out wake up the next morning and it would be rotted like oh, it would wow. rot overnight so that was wild. Mm. Their pets would also their pets would also often growl at random corners and hallways That's in the building. The worst sign. Yeah. I yeah. can't take That's it. The telltale sign. <laughs> telltale sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bartell ended up hiring a paranormal expert to look into it and tell her what the hell was going on there. And he was the one that said there are at least twenty-two ghosts in the building. Oh um, Mark Twain, which at the time he just said a man with a mustache and a white suit. It wasn't until years later that people sort of like ID'd him as Mark Twain. Yeah. Like it. he didn't say it's Mark Twain. Right. He was just like, "There's a man suit. in the white mm-hmm. suit with a." 
Um, a woman dressed in white, a young girl, a soldier, and a gray cat was one of them. Oh, hi, kitty ghost. Okay. <laughs> yeah. we'll all right. It. Sure. It seems like if there was something super demonic there, all these li- other ghosts would Wouldn't. be like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna peace out. Yeah, yeah. we this don't want to hang much. with this yeah. guy. We're gonna go down the street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna move. There's different houses. Mm-hmm. If you want to know more about the Bartell's life in the apartment, there's actually a book uh, that Jan Bryant Bartell wrote called Spindrift, which basically chronicles her entire experience there. Cool. It's just really hard to find. It's like thirty seven dollars used on Amazon, Jeez. so you kind of have to like stumble upon it somewhere. Right. Try and find a little gem. But a bookstore. yeah, this was kind of creepy. There's an excerpt from the jacket of the book, so not written by her, written by I don't know whoever, whoever. the editor. Yeah. Like a game of ten little Indians, death began to occur in the house. The first to die was a dog, Jan's own beloved Penelope. But within 24 hours, she was to learn of the death of the first human tenant. Whether by heart attack, suicide, or murder, the deaths came in rapid succession. In terror, with nine little Indians gone, the Bartels moved far away from Greenwich Village. But the haunting followed them. And after the completion of Spindrift... Jan Bartell became the 10th little Indian. So literally weeks after she finished the first draft of the manuscript, she died under mysterious circumstances. Yeah. Oh. Oh. No. She literally yeah. had just had a full checkup because they moved mm-hmm. to a different like state, I think. And she yeah. had like a full checkup with a new doctor. She was given a clean bill of health. And then she dropped dead of an apparent heart attack, although it was never a confirmed like confirmed to be a heart attack. Okay. The doctors were just like, Hachi, heart attack? Hachi. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. We, we think. And what year was that? Um, I'm not sure when she died, but they moved in. I'm just In kidding. 1957. Okay. All right. So 60s, probably? Yeah, but that's, wow. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So um, the story of this place gets pretty dark here. On November 2nd, 1987, around 6.40 a.m., 911 operators got a phone call from children's author and editor. Her name was Hedda Nussbaum, mm-hmm. who was a resident of 14 West 10th Street, who said that her six-year-old daughter, Lisa, was not breathing. So an ambulance was sent out right away. And when the paramedics arrived, they were shocked. They found Lisa lying naked and unresponsive on the kitchen floor. And her brother, her little brother, Mitchell, was tied to a playpen and soaked in his own urine. Nussbaum herself was covered with bruises and had several broken bones. Investigators also found a shit ton of drugs, marijuana, cocaine, crack pipes, and $25,000 in cash at this apartment. They were unable to revive Lisa, and the autopsy revealed that she had died from repeated blunt force trauma to the head. This is a child, like a little girl. So Nussbaum and Lisa's father, who was a criminal defense attorney, like a big time criminal defense attorney named Joel Steinberg, were arrested and charged with murder. And Steinberg was um, charged and found guilty of second degree manslaughter and sent to prison. Second degree manslaughter. Yeah. Because he was supposedly on cocaine at the time. So I guess... Cocaine was the murderer. And so they said he was was the second degree. Yeah, it was manslaughter. That's strange. Which is wild. Nussbaum, the woman, the children's author, avoided conviction altogether by testifying against him, even though she spent over 10 hours in the apartment with the dying child 
before she seeked any medical attention. Ugh. Like she, it was 10 hours later that she actually called, called somebody. Oh my gosh. But when horrible. she called, she didn't say like, my husband is. Nope. Yeah. She is didn't blame it on him at all. She literally said, shit. my daughter's not breathing. I don't know what to do. Okay. Yikes. So. Oh, that's horrible. They were awful. Also, we should note, Lisa was actually illegally adopted. It wasn't her, their, she wasn't actually their daughter. Okay. They illegally adopted her. Um, a single mother named Michelle Launders hired Steinberg, who again was an attorney, like a famous attorney, to locate a suitable adoptive family for Lisa, but instead he took her home and raised her with Nussbaum, and he never filed any adoption papers. Oh my God. So they like took this child. They just kidnapped her. And much. she was like two. Mm. After he was released in 2004... Gross. Which means he served less than 20 years. And he's just for killing this girl. He ended up taking up jobs in construction and he apparently was denied parole twice because he never expressed expressed any remorse for her her killing. Like ever. He never said he he was sorry. Did he admit that he did it? Well, he still to this day maintains his innocence. So. Yeah, I mean, there's just too many fishy things going yeah, on there. Yeah, it's so suspicious. He only served two-thirds of his max sentence because of good behavior. Because at oh. the time, New York was, uh, they had that, I don't think they'd do anymore, but it was a good behavior. Like, if you get yeah. no marks while mm-hmm. you're in, you only have to serve two-thirds. Right. But um, he says that he was innocent, but it was just weird that, like, he just never cared that, that this died. girl died. Yeah. There yeah. should be a whole lot of emotion, not mm-hmm. just like, no, it wasn't me, off to jail. Yeah. And what are they doing with all those drugs? I mean, I know, that's geez. a lot of, like, don't get me wrong, drugs are a lot of fun. Pretty tight. Yeah, but. <laughs> Pretty tight. Like, he it, was obviously, like, selling drugs. Yeah, or, yeah with all that money was, that was in there. I assume he was a criminal defense attorney. I assume he may be in New York City. Maybe he worked for the mob a could've little bit. Totally yeah. could have, yeah. Um, it just seemed... Very strange. And a lot of people said like when it happened, they knew the street it happened on, but they didn't know where and they knew that it was fourteen number fourteen. Jeez. It was one of those things where they were like, I bet it's number fourteen and it was. They just knew. Because so many weird things happened there. So we're saying that like like an maybe an entity that lived in the house corrupted these people and turned an Amityville situation. That's what I was gonna say, you know. Or maybe the ghosts just like doing drugs too. You know what I mean? They're getting high as fuck. Could have been a coked up ghost, right? Just like whoa, (laughs) whoa, Whoa, (laughs) you know, just high as a guy. Well, you know, it's one of those things where, like, if there's a lot of like leftover weird energy Mm -hmm. in a place, it can cause you to do things that maybe you wouldn't do before. Interesting. Maybe too much negativity was hanging yeah. around Like there. people have talked about staying in places before and just feeling like Bad. irritated or fighting with their partner yeah. or just angry and then finding out that like it was the home of an axe murder. Oh. Right. And it was so just it's the like energy was making The energy feel that there way. was just I believe it. funky. I believe yeah. it. And just kind of affected them. It wasn't necessarily that there was like conniving like a ghost yeah, that like, was like, gonna here, get him. like yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of like whatever Remnants happened there. Evil. He hit it his breaking point there. maybe yeah. because of the negative things. Yeah, maybe. Ugh. So the paranormal activity, that was definitely like the worst thing yeah. that happened there. It's awful. I think. A lot of people died there. Yeah. In this time that, um, what's her name, lived there? The Bryant? Mm-hmm. Like she said, nine nine deaths in the time that she lived there. Yeah. How? One was a what? dog. 
still, so eight deaths, but still. What like, about that cat? Suicides, murders. Well, <laughs> yeah. the cat was already dead. Oh, okay, <laughs> the cat. Okay. The cat's lived there for years. <sighs> the paranormal activity in the house of death. Mm. Sorry. I just love that nickname. No, it's great. I know, it's fabulous. <laughs> Soon started to seep into the neighboring home. Of oh, no. So it's New York. So the buildings literally like They're touch right each other. Next to each yeah, other. Yeah. In the complex next door, people have reported constant flickering lights. Like they can't get any electricity that works in this building next door, as well as a ghostly female figure in a long gown. One resident who is a photographer that has lived there for 20 years says that he has seen her float through doors and walls literally the entire 20 years that he's lived there. Okay. He has witnessed her from the day he moved in to yeah. today. And he's just like, you know what? It's hard enough it's to find fine. an apartment in this city. <laughs> I'll deal. I'll deal with it. <laughs> yep. But he did uh, say that the ghosts have honestly even scared away his subjects for his work. Like they've actually like lost him money. Oh my god. Because people have like come to like be, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. his subject and seen something and like literally like, like packed their stuff yeah. Yeah. Yep. The building is now privately owned but supposedly still a rental unit, ten units over four stories, and paranormal stories still come out of the residents that live there. Oh boy. Oh, That's where they did uh scary. Um I am legend. It was one of those mm-hmm. apartments. Ah. So maybe okay. that's you know, I don't know if they did that on a set or on, I don't think they did it on location. Yeah, a little bit on location because I know people who were extras in that movie. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Man. Wild. That's pretty wild. Well, I got to go visit that place too. <laughs> I know. 14 so. West 10th Street. I am. I'm going to, I already know the other one's, uh, was it 229 Spring Street? 129 was 219? it? 219? Oh, we're all saying different numbers. <laughs> 227. I actually don't remember. Here, let me see. 129 Spring. Okay, I got that one. Okay. Just saying, one. that's the one I said. Look up. <laughs> you said it. Just you said had it. to make You're it right. known because right. my memory sucks ass. I, and for once, and I said two, two, it came nine. in. It did. <laughs> okay, anywho. Okay. Especially ever since you had that baby. Oh my gosh. You I'm are a mess. Literally last week, we were talking about serial killers and I go, we all know the famous serial killers like the Zodiac. And the rest, like I could only remember one, <laughs> like none. And Ashley was like, "You literally didn't make a list. Yeah, you, know. you built it up to start a list, and you named one." And, you and named I was like, one. "I literally blanked." I said Zodiac, and I was like, "He was the only." And one. that's it. That's that the only guy. List, end of list. <laughs> like my like... brain is mush. Oh. Anyway, it's fine. It's worth it for that yes. little big-eared guy. Do you think that's why Wilder's head's so big? He took all he took of your my brain. brain. <laughs> yep. He took my brain. You should have asked him yes. a list of uh, I know. Can you name? Yeah. He'd be like, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, yeah. Green River. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, gosh. gosh. I, I he probably like would that. know. He would. His first mm. word is probably going to be like, blood. Blood. That'd be awesome. Blood. Yeah. Blood. going to be a sp- Blood. That video. Yeah. You. So you missed it. You had a good reason. Oh. The vampire bomb. Oh, yes, oh I told him ball. about it. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. yeah. He, he awesome. loved it. He thought it was hilarious. He's a spooky little kid. That's best case scenario. I had right. these white out contacts, these crazy teeth, and I would literally be like, hi. And he would, <laughs> like he thought it was so funny. That's awesome. He likes crazy, it. scary things. He's a weird. And he's I at the it. age where he's allowed to shit his pants if he gets scared. Totally. Yes. And he didn't. Not nope. taking advantage no, of that. which is kind of criminal. And then he went know, and he we really put should. him to bed. And he just stayed Stared. awake and we had the baby monitor and it looked like he was playing with someone. Because awesome. he was just kind of looking at the ceiling and like kicking around, his like, feet He was maybe up playing and, like, with a ghost. Yeah. Never went to sleep in there. No, nope, we just gave up eventually. Babies can 
Babies they are like say, animals. Right? They have that same sensitivity. Yeah, where like, so. And we just like, he looked so joyful in there. So we think maybe he was looking at somebody. Interesting. Someone was like leaning over like his Like playing crib, with like, him like, Gucci goo. That's terrifying. <laughs> I know it's Maybe fun. if it's a nice ghost. Okay. Yes. So uh, this is one of my favorite haunted places. Ooh. Right, let's do it. At the corner of Central Park West and 72nd Street in New York is the Dakota. Ooh. <laughs> He's like, don't even start. I know. I know a lot about the Dakota. Which is an incredibly beautiful Gorgeous. and enormous apartment building. It's probably the most well-known as the apartment building known as the Bramford in the movie Rosemary's Baby. Mm-hmm. Hey. Gorgeous. That's a Gorgeous beautiful building. building. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And huge. There? Gigantic. It's almost like the whole kind of corner of yeah, that it takes block. up that entire block. And that 72nd Street mm-hmm. is a bigger street than most side streets. You know, they're usually one way. This is two lanes and it's double two lanes. So it's oh, a very wow. big, oh, very big street. Huge. And it right next across the street from Central Park. Ugh. Um so it's probably a coveted It's and it's like you can the good be, part of Central yeah. Park. Yes. <laughs> Somewhere you wanna be. Exactly. Okay, okay. But yeah, go, I'm sorry. Just no, beautiful, beautiful I love building. This yeah. Building. And there's some, very cool. They always have um lanterns lit around it with actual so pretty. it's very, very, very pretty. You would yeah, you've seen you've been. I've never been to New York. How have you never been that. to New York? We're that seems that. wrong. I've always just kind of been like, so I have horrible panic attacks in mm-hmm. crowds. Mm-hmm. It is a crowded place. So I'm a but little I... bit like, will I be miserable the whole yeah. time I'm there? You know, I think fair, or will I, I be, okay. be okay? There's enough sensory overload. And it's not like if, if, if we were going to New York, I actually would be like, you know what? You don't need to see Times Square. Okay. I wouldn't want right? to see Times Square. Say, no, don't, don't go yeah. there. So no. like, but if we just went to the Upper West Side, yeah. it's no different than walking around North yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. You, I don't see, think that you'd be I could overwhelmed do. with crowds. But if yeah. you were like, we're taking the subway, I'd be like, you can go fuck yourself. No. I am not getting on this death That might have to happen. But- <laughs> well, or you could just plan the trip to yes. only go places you could walk, which walk it would be cabs. a lot of walking, but you could do it. Yeah. A lot of cabs so I think no, you I haven't been, it. but that would be on my list of places yes, I would need to and go. And it's worth it. They won't let you into the actual no. building, but yeah. Okay. So, not so Dakota. And I know you have more on the Dakota. Because There's no special, like, it's not like the Culver where it's like, yeah. you don't yeah. have to stay here. You could just eat here. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that. Damn it. Oh, sad. So um, it's also where John Lennon and Yoko Ono were living when mm-hmm. he died. He was actually shot on the outdoor steps of the mm-hmm. Dakota. Okay. And uh, after Lennon's death, people continued to see him hanging around the Dakota. A musician, Joey Harrow, and an artist uh, who was with him, female artist, didn't name her. Um, they lived near the Dakota, and they claimed to see Lennon's ghost standing in the archway just a few years after his murder, surrounded by an eerie light. Mm. So that's strange. Yoko Ono said she saw him one day sitting at his white piano in their apartment, and according to her... He turned to her and said, don't be afraid. I'm still with you. Oh, oh wow. Which is very sweet. Wow. It's very romantic. Really? They loved each other very much. Wow. Their love was real. <laughs> Lennon himself saw ghosts there when he was living oh. there. He saw an apparition that he dubbed the crying lady ghost, which was original. <laughs> Perfect. In the hallways of the building, which is super interesting because in the Chelsea Hotel in New York City, which is also haunted, it has a crying ghost lady in the hallways that Maybe she's just multiple making people around. She is, and again, reported. rent is so high there. Yeah, the ghosts you know, are the like, I can't, can't afford to live can't in the Dakota. It. It's hard. Oh, I gotta go to fucking God. Chelsea. <laughs> Down to Chelsea, I guess. Lennon also saw a UFO hovering outside the window of his apartment when he lived there. 
that he like observed for a while. It wasn't like maybe it was a comet. He observed it for a long time. Okay. Okay. I feel like he'd be into that stuff. Yeah, right. Right. But he wasn't the first to witness paranormal activity. Literally ever since the construction of the place in 1880 and 1884, there was a gap. The Dakota has collected ghost stories and tales of strange happenings. Painters working in the building reported seeing the ghost of a girl with long blonde hair dressed in clothes from an even earlier time. So even in like the 1880, wow. they were yeah. like dressed in old yes. times. Wow. Was that um, just like a, like a cowhide <laughs> yeah. or something? What, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, she was bouncing a ball in one of the building's hallways. And later, a woman who was waiting for a friend in the foyer saw the same blonde girl go into what she thought at the time was a room. But upon checking it out, it was a closet. And the girl oh. was gone. She wasn't in there. Cool. So that's kind of creepy. Actress Judy Holiday passed away while she was living in the Dakota. And when workers were repairing her apartment, they all reported feeling the feeling of being watched. Several of them spotted. I hate this. Several of them spotted the ghostly figure of a young man with the face of a small child. What? Yeah, I don't Which I that. fucking hate. Mm-hmm. I would I never want to see that ever in my life. It was like a man with a baby's with face. With a baby nope. face? And I just... I oh. That. I don't oh want that. Gosh, that and I don't want it on a fish either. I don't want a face on a fish. I don't want a young man. I don't even want nothing. anyone to make a movie with that because yeah. I no. won't be able to see it. That is nightmare yeah. oh. fuel and I want no part of it. Oh. Several men saw it. Oh my gosh, I don't want to drive just home. Makes and, me, oh, yeah. I'm terrified. Cringe. A ton of residents of the Dakota have reported objects moving on their own. Frederick and Suzanne Weinstein reported hearing footsteps and other noises in their apartment, along with the sound of moving furniture, like constantly. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my favorite stories um, out of the Dakota. One day when Mr. Weinstein was returning home, he could see his uh, like a window into his apartment from the street street Mm -hmm. level. So he was returning home and he saw the lights of a chandelier glowing in his living room. But their apartment had no chandelier. So he literally figured his wife had got one as a surprise. Yeah. But when he got upstairs, the light was completely gone. But he found bolts in the ceiling where a chandelier had once been installed. Shut <laughs> your damn mouth! <laughs> like he looked what? at the ceiling and saw the like little square with the bolts. And Have it you ever had seen? Maybe where... been like a minute, like from when yeah. he was outside to going upstairs. Yeah. So it was Ooh. like he just saw into the past, right? Because the chandelier, chandelier had been. obviously been there at one point. That's awesome. But he saw it shining and dangling. Yeah. Wow. It was on and everything. I can't. And how disappointed too when he was I like, know. man, like, God damn, oh, I thought my wife liked it. My wife hasn't got me anything oh, since Valentine's shit. Day of 1845. <laughs> yeah, I need to drop some hints. <laughs> wow. One of the most dangerous places in the building is the basement. And if you remember in Rosemary's Baby, that's where Stephen Marcato supposedly used to do his creepy satanic rituals, including mm-hmm. killing and yep. eating babies. Like that was the yes, story. Yes. Mm-hmm. But something violent actually lives in the basement. One time a porter had summoned a tenant down there to show him proof that objects had been moving around on their own. Like you could literally see like in the dust that things had been moved, but no one had been down there. Uh And while they were down there looking around, a heavy metal bar flew across the room and landed at their feet, nearly hitting the porter. And when he reached down to pick it up, he found that it weighed too much to lift. Yeah. Like he literally couldn't lift it. He was like, come here, like lift this thing. It's too heavy for me to lift with one hand. And it had like flown Flown. across the room. 
Repairmen, electricians, and other visitors to the basement have reported seeing an apparition of a short man with a long nose and a beard, wearing wireframe glasses, a wig, and a frock coat, which is very specific. Very specific. According to some, the description matches Edward Clark, who built the Dakota, but did not live to see it completed. He Mm. died before it was done. Okay. So it's almost like he he could be the angry. Yeah, because he's mad. He's like, I didn't get to see this. I spent my fortune building. Right, place. and then I freaking and I died. died. The worst. Oh my! Yeah, he yeah. deserves to be angry. You throw so those throw those thing. pipes. Yeah, you throw them. You check them. But I always think that's interesting because I think of old, maybe old buildings aren't haunted because people died there or they're so old. Maybe it has something to do with the architecture. Yeah, because you think about. Remember in Ghostbusters, remember how the building, the architect himself yeah. was like a, a necromancer the, yeah. or something? Oh, God, I don't remember. his name? It'll come to me. Yeah. Goes yeah. of the Gozerian. Goes, yeah, yeah. But the architect, I don't know. Anyways, the building was designed by an actual person. Who Shells. Like, do- oh, sorry. It just came out. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Specifically to enhance like the paranormal activity of the building. Yeah. So I wonder if there's, it has something to do. With the architecture of those old, old buildings that like kind of like, I don't know, it becomes like almost like a portal or a magnet of some kind to like weird shit happening. Right. Yeah. Attracting that. Because it, I always love hearing those stories like the chandelier story where it's like, it's not, th- th- there's no ghost of the chandelier. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, it's, it's like brave light. little toaster. Yeah, right, it's just but... floating at you. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, no. Oh, don't like, light this way. Yeah, yeah. You're somehow, like you said, seeing into the past. Yeah, or, like, you're just seeing into... And it could be Wait, the materials. Dimension. Maybe the materials. Not even yeah. them trying to like make it a portal, but right. you know, you're using lead. Dip, lead, and it, it's it's. But you it know, attracted. buildings were built differently. Yeah. They they didn't you know cut corners. They used a lot of like solid materials, right. and maybe some of that stuff you know were it was a conduit for energy. Maybe and, it's yeah. a you know, combination of like the steel that makes the foundation the yeah. lead and the paint the yeah. marble floors maybe yeah. it's a combination that just traps right energy well, I, as opposed to here where like you could see under my door yeah, yeah. same yeah like a ghost can be like oh <laughs> yeah. is she rocking a oh, key i don't yeah. know why they're always <laughs> italian i'm sorry <laughs> no i'll do like another it. you know but like yeah a ghost is gonna be like sheetrock it's gonna yes. go through sheetrock yeah. but right. steel or maybe something mm-hmm. that's emitting a with my, you're not seeing this, but I'm doing a circular motion with my hands. Maybe well, that keeps well, it'd be them in interesting there. to like test things, like say ghosts are made out of electricity, which is right. a huge theory mm-hmm. that's just electricity because mm-hmm. we are basically made, are able to move around and do things yeah. because of energy and electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So passing electricity through certain materials mm. to yeah. see like what materials like block it. Yeah. More so. Mm. And that maybe kind buildings of that are theory. Built. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like just it. thought about that. I like it. I have one more thing. Please. One last eerie note on New York City. And Steve, you might know this, but maybe it'll be a surprise. I'm not sure. Washington Square Park. Mm-hmm. Pretty famous. Yep. You've yes. seen it in many movies. Mm-hmm. It's where no. Sally drops Harry off when they first get to New York City. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes. I love mm-hmm. it. And when Harry met Sally, it's also in the montage scene of Ghostbusters 2. Remember the g- giant ghost monster comes through, comes yep. through the arch? The arc, <laughs> arc de triumph, the mini yes. arc de triumph. Yes. Yep. Anyways, it's famous. It's a public park beloved by locals. It's also part of the NYU campus. Mm-hmm. 
And the arch is kind of the unofficial symbol of NYU as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People call it like their quad almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. kind a of. a fountain in the middle right. there that people mm-hmm. hang out. It's usually drained. Gorgeous. Yes. What you may not know is that before the park was officially established in 1827, human remains were accidentally dug up. Oh, boy. Yep. From beneath it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. The city actually used that land from 1791 to 1821 as a mass grave to bury uh, yellow fever victims. Over 25 bodies were found in 1827, and they basically reburied them. They said to allow them to rest, and that was forgotten. It was oh. like, oh, we'll do, okay. whatever, and like That's everyone fine. forgot about it. Then in 2015, the city's Department of Design and Construction was preparing to install a new water main down Washington Square East. Yeah, because they moved the they were moving the fountain. Side oh, really? Note. Yeah, they moved the fountain that was there wow. because. New York, it was an eyesore. It wasn't in the middle of the arc, arch. Oh. So they moved the mountain so that it sat center. when oh, you walked down gosh. Fifth Avenue. Yeah, sorry. Of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeez Louise. So when they were like digging mm-hmm. to like construct this water main in 2015, they encountered the top of a brick arch that was about three and a half feet below the sidewalk. And Ooh. they were like, oh, there's tunnels down here. That's weird. We didn't know that. And what they found inside was human remains awesome. scattered around yeah, a large surprised. empty space, just a huge yeah. pile of skeletons. Ugh. And then they found a second vault parallel to the first one that contained about 25 coffins covering the floor of the vault. And the cool thing about that vault is that the coffins had identification plates, so they were able to actually put names to some of the bodies mm-hmm. um, that were buried under the park. And those bodies were likely the remains of the more wealthy New Yorkers who succumbed to yellow fever, mm-hmm. okay. whereas the poor were thrown in a pile because yeah. no one could afford to like give them a proper burial. That would make sense. To this day, more than 20,000 bodies are buried under Washington. Yeah. I remember Square. reading we about all that. We sit and have mm-hmm. our lunch, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is wild. And That's you know what's really, really interesting? You know what's right there? What? The House of Death. Yep. Oh my Sits gosh. You on guys. Washington Square Park. Mm-hmm. So New York is interesting. Fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I already fun. thought so, but like yeah. ghosties glory. Yeah. Really well, excited. I was gonna say it's hard to say whether or not like Washington Square Park is haunted because it's right. never quiet or empty. Yeah. So how would you how fucking would you know? know? Even if you could walk right past a ghost and just think like, be like oh, there's, there's well, a, guy. a guy yeah, trying to sell cares. his C D. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Even if he was dressed kind of off, you'd be like, yeah, It's New yeah, York. I don't think twice about you, sir. You're probably in a play. But they're um uh it's surrounded by some of the most haunted buildings like the big time yeah 14 west 10th mm-hmm. there's stuff the going edgar on. allen poe house whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. the brown building which was the site of the triangle shirtwaist factory fire where victims of the fire have reportedly been seen roaming the halls to this day mm-hmm. The Church of Ascension, which is supposedly haunted nightly. Oh, yeah, I know that church. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. By the artist John Lafarge. Mm -hmm. And the Cherry Lane Theater. Oh, Cherry Lane. Yeah, that's... Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're so excited. excited. No, because, yeah, I know the Cherry Lane. It's Manhattan's oldest off-Broadway theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's reportedly still home for several performers who mess with the lights and give audience members cold chills. Totally. That's awesome. That's so fun. Yeah. I want to go there. Oh, yeah. And like University, which is uh, the street that one of the streets that leads to the corner of Washington Square Park. Joe actually knows it very well because his favorite coffee place, Grey Dog, is there. Shout out to Grey Dog. Right. He loved Grey Dog yeah. because they were awful, mm-hmm. but the coffee was good. Yes. Nice. <laughs> 
That's I could dig that. Joe loves that. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> That's but his when attitude. you exactly when you walk down University, there is a side street, and it's a preserved street, and it's what you know downtown looked like. 300 years ago oh, wow. and there's lots of like burial sites and stuff and it's owned by NYU but I remember reading about the Washington Square Park thing because when they were moving the fountain it was like you know dozens of bodies found while moving yeah. it's like oh okay good to know all yeah. right okay. yeah great all right. I'm glad we're all aware of course, I just yeah. love that they found them back in the day when was that the 80s or no, I'm sorry. The 20s. 18, 1827. Oh, okay. The 20s, that of, was the the 1800s. 20s of the 1800s. The 1800s. Yeah, yeah. They found them and then literally were just like, and we'll here's just, a you park. Know what? It's fine. Yeah. We'll just cover this back up. And it's Nobody funny. mentioned it. And they'd never seen a movie, but one of the guys probably went, I've seen this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put them back. I know how this goes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, that's a. Uh, yeah, New York, I mean, the city itself, so many people yeah. died. I have, I have a bunch of actual scares. Yes. Oh, yes. I have Please. three, and I'll make them quick. Okay. Okay. So Steve's one of them- own ghost story. I had forgotten this one until you started talking about Washington Square Park. So it was in between freshman and sophomore year of college. One of my good friends, Kirsten Scholes, what's up, Kirsten? Uh, she was staying at her aunt and uncle's place in Gramercy Park, okay? And Gramercy mm-hmm. Park is over in like, like the, you know, the, I'd say the 20s on the east side. Um, and I went there. I uh, was with another couple friends. We went and we were just picking her up to go walk around the city. It was a nice, beautiful summer day. And um, she was like, yeah, come in, guys. This Actually, my aunt and uncle's place is haunted. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was usually the one to be like, it's haunted, yeah, And because yeah. I thought I was hot shit. Yeah. So I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, it kind of is. Crazy stuff happens. I'm like, what? What happened? She's like, well, you know. The lights will dim, uh, TVs will do stuff, the radio, and I was like, sure. I was like, you know what? All right, ghost, if you're here right now, show me. Show me something, ghost, thinking I'm, you know. Yeah. And uh, the lights went down. And the radio changed stations. Uh, yes, and I was on with command. yes, and I was with two friends who could corroborate, corroborate. right? Corroborate. I was mm-hmm. go like I can't say it. Right. <laughs> and uh, we were like, okay, time to go. So that was just, and I totally forgot about it, but it was real. Ugh, it was like okay, one hundred percent. Yes. So that's nice. a quick one. Second one, uh, Marie and I were living in the Bronx, and we lived in the Bronx for about two years, King, Kingsbridge and Cedric Avenue. Just to give you a little, it'd be like two hundred thirty eighth Street, so very high up okay. in the Bronx. Bronx is a huge borough. It's the only borough with a the in front of it. Uh-huh. So. The Bronx? Yes, well, because it was a farm owned by the, the Bronxons or something like that, and oh, okay. they called them the Bronxons Farm, and then it ah. became the Bronx. So ah, something like that. No, yeah, something. I, I'm mispronouncing their name, but it sounds right. like the Bronx. So, oh, yeah, it was the Bronx family, but it was with a CK at the end instead okay. of the X. Anyways, so we lived up there. We lived there for about two years. It was a very... Um, uh, dodgy as the uh, <laughs> the Brits would say area um, and uh, we went away uh, for Christmas or we were out of town for a couple weeks and we came back and the the there was a young teenager who lived next door to us and he unfortunately had killed himself he hung oh himself because his girlfriend had broken up with him oh, wow. and weird stuff started happening after that like really really weird stuff that I couldn't explain and Maria couldn't under, uh, explain things disappearing in the apartment and showing up in other places negative energy her and I started fighting a lot and it was unexplainable and the only reason I bring it up is because if Maria was here she'd be like oh no I got a story there was this one time but there was one time she was uh, in the bedroom I was at work and she happened to be 
uh, naked getting ready and she felt the presence of somebody behind her and she said you know that's undeniable and yeah. she right. turned and all of a sudden it was cold and she turned around there was nobody there but she was like there was somebody there there was someone there in was, the room yeah. I know and what she that swears, feels like yeah and uh, she, there was also just this one time a ring I had given her um, she'd lost it and for two days we couldn't find it and this was in the middle of the summer and she's like this ring I don't know where it went and for some reason I started cleaning out my closet and I took out a pair of ski pants my my skiing pants which I hadn't worn in a year and they were in a zippered pocket in the ski pants and like, she had why? lost it two days ago, and it's not like and I would have been like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, like, that's not it's like how high did I get yes. last yeah. night? Yeah, I would be like, wait, were we drinking? Yes. What, what happened? happened? Were we playing hide the ring? Yeah, yeah that fun game. Yeah, it's, you know, we play every Wednesday. Um, now the last. Now I'll get a little. So this was in New York City. So again, I grew up in the Hudson Valley, mm-hmm. and. uh uh, Avril Harriman. Have you ever heard of Avril Harriman? Mm-mm. Okay. Avril Harriman was a very famous railroad tycoon back in the, the early part of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was very rich. Um, and he classic. was classic. Uh, but he was Jewish. And um, he wanted to move his family. At the time, everyone was kind of getting out of New York and moving into the suburbs. And there was this area called uh, Monroe Woodbury. Okay. Uh, but they wouldn't allow him to live there because he was Jewish, even though he was a, a millionaire. I mean, up there with the Vanderbilts and the, you know, all the Rockefellers. So he said, okay, fuck you guys. He bought a mountain. And he, he did. <laughs> this, or a hill. It would be considered a hill out here, but, you know, a couple thousand yeah. feet. And he started to build his mansion on this mountain to look down oh, on all the yeah. people, right? What a badass move. Right? But again, now this is in the early part of the 20th century. So he started building it and it took 15, 20 years to build and he yeah. died like oh. the day it was completed. This is, this is what we're and he about. died in the house. So his wife lived there for the remainder of her life. And when she died, she dedicated this building, this mansion on this mountain to Columbia University. And it then became a conference center and hotel for professors and dignitaries, scholars who would come to New York and they would do like a retreat and come up to this Arden House, it was called, uh, to- I've heard of Arden House. Why have I heard of that? So I worked there. I worked there for two years. Maybe that's why I've heard and, of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, during <laughs> high school, uh, as like a concierge, you know, right. I worked different odd jobs there, uh, you know, doing like waiting tables. It was a like a four-star carpeted dining room kind of thing. Yeah. Anyways, so as a concierge, um, I started to work at the front desk and the lead, you know, the main concierge, he started telling me like, hey, so you know this place is haunted. And I was like, you're just messing with me. Yeah. It was when Trying I first started. Trying to scare started. me. Yeah, yeah, shut up. He's like, no, no, no. I'm like, he's like, you can believe it or not, but there's a book and it has all the the hauntings. No sooner does he say this, a woman approaches the, the front desk. Now, again, these are Columbia University professors. These right. are scholars. Yeah. And she comes up and she's like, excuse me, I don't mean to bother you guys. Um, are there any pictures of Avril Harriman's wife? We're like, well, there's some paintings and stuff of her. And we're like, why? Like, well, um, last night, uh, in the middle of the night, I woke up and there was a woman standing over me uh, as I was sleeping. Uh, She had blonde, curly hair and she was wearing a white dress. And a man joined her and he had a dark beard and jet black hair. Um, And that's Avril Harriman and his wife. 
And wow. like I'm I'm getting goosebumps right now because yeah. I remember it vividly. And the concierge was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh Miss Harriman and or the widow, and that's him. Uh could you put that down in this book? And he whips out the book. <laughs> oh my god. And gosh. it's like this. And I was like, So you weren't joking. He's like, dude, this place is haunted. Like he, we hear this all the time. Yeah. He's like, there's he so he Dang. I experienced one thing, but he experienced two things that I have to share because it's really crazy. Yeah. So the the one thing was he at the end of the night, he used to have my job. You go around the hotel and the place looks like a miniature version of The Shining. Oh, it, okay, right. so right. there's a long corridor. Yeah. It's all the stuff, oh, you see, right? And you'd have to go and turn lights off. So he said he was going up the main stairwell once and he went into Avril Harriman's room, which is now a conference center, and there was a person standing at the window looking out the window. This is nighttime. And he thought it was a guest. And he goes, excuse me, um, you know, we're, we're shutting down and thing doesn't respond. Then he walks in a little, he goes, excuse me, and it doesn't respond. And he's like, hey. And he turns the lights on. And the thing turns. Uh. And there's a breeze. with. And when the, it came back down, it looked like he was with the curtains behind him. Yeah. It was flat. It was gone. So he's like, all right, that was a ghost. Yeah. And, <laughs> all right. That oh, was a ghost. Great. And he said he saw her walking towards him down the hallway once. And this guy was a very, he wasn't the type he of guy. He just bullshit. Yeah, he did. Like, there was one of the guys who was a bullshitter, but this guy wasn't the bullshitter. This yeah. was the guy I'd go to, like, hey, man, how do I do this job? And right. he'd be like, okay, this is what you do. <laughs> yeah. But the one time I experienced something was there was the marble corridor. It was this long marble corridor, and you would hear your footsteps, and I would hear other footsteps behind me. And it wasn't an echo. It was, you know when you could feel the footsteps yes. too? Yeah. Yeah, and I would like run through there. But the, the worst thing I would have to do is there was a light tower at the top of this mansion, oh. and you had to walk all the way to the top. And as you did so – it started to get a little more decrepit and a little like this was the part of the mansion they didn't take care of. Mm -hmm. And there was an old baby stroller like what? from, yeah, that which is sitting fuck? at the base of these wooden stairs that you'd have to go up to to turn the light off of the top You're of this kidding. mansion. No. And <laughs> why? Again, this, I know this was a summer job too because it was in between high school, you know. Uh -huh. And I'll never forget the one day I had to do it. It was a hot summer day and a hot night. But when I went into this one room, it was freezing, and I, to this day, it felt like somebody was going to push me down the stairs. So Arden House, Avril Harriman, a lot of scary stories come from there. Jeez. So those are my experiences. Jeez, oh, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. That was that baby stroller the baby is stroller unnecessary, is and they yeah. need to push yeah. it away. But it was there for years. I don't know why. I think it was to mess with I was going to say, bit. maybe it was just someone being like, let's scare the mm -hmm. fuck out of the people that work here and put That's a creepy baby stroller in what I think it was. In and full transparency, listening audience, I am, I'm, you know, I'm a regular guy, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? When people are like, I am I feel like my wife be like, no, no I, sw I swear I felt there was an energy around right. me and it was the ghost of Placido Domingo, even though he's still alive. <laughs> and it's like, what's he doing? Yeah. I have to ask you guys a question, okay? Mm -hmm. And I've been wanting to ask you on air, okay? Now, and this is serious. I'm not making a joke out of this. This is something I read when I was a kid and I want to okay. know if you've ever heard anything about this. Okay, and it's gonna you're gonna laugh at me, and I'm not trying to be a funny, and I'm not trying to be a guy. Okay, Gosh, okay. What are you about to say? So I read, I was doing a book report about ghosts once, and this was in junior high, and I read about this family, and it was a family of like twelve daughters, you know, a husband, a wife, and then their twelve daughters, and as the daughters were really close in age, and a lot of them were teenagers there started to be weird things happening in the house. There was objects that would just fly across. That's a poltergeist. Well, <laughs> I so they brought in a 
paranormal team. Uh-huh. And uh, one of them, the paranormal investigators happened to be a woman and realized that all of the, after being there for a couple months, realized that all of the girls- They were menstruating, weren't they? At the same time. I knew that's where you were Yes, going. and that there was so much kinetic energy coming from all of these girls, women- Mm-hmm. That, that it would actually throw shit around the apartment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And damn, I've been with my wife a long time now, and she emits enough kinetic energy that I <laughs> tend to believe it. So, have you ever heard of anything like this mm-hmm. before? Okay. Yeah, a lot of pa- I uh, have not, a lot of poltergeist. Well, I haven't heard of like the menstruating. Yeah. Right. Okay. Like, but a lot of poltergeist activity um, happens around preteen to teenage. Um, children okay because if you think about it that is when you are the most everything mm-hmm. it's like you angsty. are the horniest yeah. Yeah. you are the most angsty yeah. you're the most lonely person yeah. in the world nobody understands you nobody understands mm-hmm. you you're angry but also your moments of like joy are enormous Amplified. too yeah. yeah it's not just that like you're depressed and awful yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. Everything is at a ten all the yeah, time right. because of your hormones, and it's so just I guess very that would interesting. Make sense for yeah, menstruation as yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. So if you have that many in the same house, mm-hmm. poltergeist baby. Yeah, I just and I wasn't trying to like you know no. typical guy asking. Like, <laughs> so no, when you were you, know, you your, your so... period make ghosts show up, yo. <laughs> You were so kind about it yes, too, like the way you went around it. And I knew where you were going as soon as you said 12 daughters. Yeah. And I like at first was starting to giggle, but then I was like, well, when you have all of that emotion and all of that pain all grouped together, it's like a lot of energy. shit could go down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poltergeist baby. It's like it. the way I've heard poltergeist is described is like energy building and building and mm-hmm. building. It's got to go somewhere. Yep. Okay. So eventually it just goes, bah. Yep. And gonna throw something, something against flies the wall. across yeah. the room, Explode. or like carry like the light bulb will explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that Just was like stuff the type like that. of stuff that was happening. Where it's like Jesus, like a mug would go flying or yeah. a picture. And I, I, as a kid, again, I was probably like thirteen. I was fascinated because I was like, oh my god, that menstruation is no bullshit. Girls <laughs> <laughs> are scary. They as will hell, move yeah. shit with their menstrual cycle. Yeah, so, but Bold- I, I didn't want to make light of it. I, no, but no, it was no. an honest question, and I figured, what better than Keep to it bring weird. it up here. Yeah. No, this was perfect. Yeah, poltergeists are more, it's not that they are a specific entity mm-hmm. who is purposefully doing something. Okay. It literally has to do with like Energy, people right? doing it. it, which is why the movie Poltergeist is not named accurate. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that situation not is not a poltergeist. No. So then the, just the menstruation haunting. thing could be, is, is a Possibly. poltergeist. Could I mean, it, it could just be that, you know, it might not have anything to do with the actual menstruation, but mm-hmm. if you think of uh, 12 girls, PMSing at the same time. That's what I'm like. That's that's. I that could a throw lot. some shit around. Yeah, that's, that's a like, lot. I feel like I could do that on that's my period. I feel like I could crush this can. I've you know. seen my wife do things that <laughs> were like it. it's like, next level. You know, like moms could lift cars yep. off of. I've seen it's my like wife mama bear. levitate, yep. and I don't know. <laughs> and it was terrifying. It's pretty rough. She was like, "I'm sorry, it's my first yeah, day. I apologize. <laughs> it's day one. Is there any day pickles or peanut butter around? Yeah, exactly. Got you, baby. I got you." Cream and everything will be right back. 
<sighs> so yeah, thank you for yeah, that one. Thank you. Yes. That's all the time thank we have this oh, week. Thank you. Oh thank my you God. so much. Oh, I'm so happy for finally you, coming Steve. on the show. Oh, so you were awesome. I was okay. Yeah, you guys no, were awesome. You, were you guys were awesome. It was great. I, I liked you. your Joe Pesci impression. I do a really yeah. good Joe Pesci. <laughs> you do. I don't want to get up <laughs> there. What insane. the fuck is your problem? You personally, I got a major problem with. I could not. Yeah, I could do it all day. So no, thank you guys. I I. You guys are killing it. You're an inspiration to do it. Seriously. This we both is, giggled. No, because you know how many people are like, hey, I'm going to do a podcast. Or right. I got a podcast. I know two people uh, very intimately <laughs> who tried to do a podcast yeah, and, it, and failed. No, we didn't fail. You, you didn't, didn't fail. fail. No, we just didn't. You just didn't stick happen. with it. Yeah. 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 But between everything Putting that goes work. on, you guys do it. And the product is fantastic. And Thank I'm just. You. Thank, well, thank no, thank you. you. Seriously, no, thank Very you. Mm, okay. <laughs> Let's keep this going. All I'll receive it this time. But love you guys. Do you have before we like wrap it up and tell everyone where they need to go to give us money and stuff? Do you have anything you want to plug? Do you have anything coming <sighs> anything up? Anything I want to plug right now? No, I, I don't. I will be performing at Flappers pretty soon, but when I don't know, ah, so I will well, have just to tell us. And yeah, we'll just, like, I will, and then you can do a like a out. voiceover, like yes, yeah, Steve will be performing on <laughs> December fourteenth. December yeah, 14th. it's like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, you know, I'm currently kind of doing that and just, yeah. So come see me uh, off of Lancashire Avenue. Uh, I don't know. Fla- yeah, throwing. <laughs> uh, where is Flappers? No, Flappers, Flappers is in Burbank. Is in Burbank. Yeah, yeah, but I'll be on it's the corner Magnolia. of Lancashire doing stand up to nice. uh, some transients. So that's it. Nice. Great. I love it. Thank Perfect. You. Thank you. Guys. Um, so thank you for coming on. Thank you, listeners, for listening and for rating our show on iTunes if you've done so and for donating <laughs> to our Patreon if you have done so. If you donate to our Patreon, you get a bonus episode and a newsletter every month, and you get 10 to 20% off merch, and it's awesome. To do that, you head over to www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast and check out what we have to offer. If you want a Keep It Weird t-shirt, tote bag, hoodie, coffee, mug, button, patch, tank top, all of the above. <laughs> Whatever. That was good. Head over to, yeah, that was really smooth. <laughs> Head over to www.etsy.com slash shop slash keep it weird podcast. And as usual, follow us on social media if you don't already at keep it weirdcast on all platforms. Steve, what is our sign off this week? Oh, uh. I'm already laughing because I hope he's as good as his wife at this. Should I do it as Joe Pesci? <laughs> yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. Have a fucking great week. <laughs> keep it weird. And watch out for menstrual poltergeists. <laughs> okay, that's, that's our best sign off we've ever had. Yeah. I'm saying it now. Blair wrote us a song. Oh, shoot. You're second. You're close. Second. Second. You're the song. Close. Next time, write a song. I'll write yeah, a song as Joe, as Joe Pesci. As Joe Pesci. And keep it weird. <laughs> so when Rogue One came out, I'm like, listen, come and, see this for me. And? She left going, I get it now. Yeah. I get it. Oh my God. I was going to say Rogue One was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was such a good sidestep over to this yeah. like other part it's of Star like, Wars. I see why you love it. It's about like <laughs> the force and like honor and planets. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, yeah, that's, 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 it. It. that's it. That's it. So.